haven't, <clears throat> haven't preached for a while, so this could be a little bit rusty. Merry Christmas. You got here. Well, you got to Christmas Day anyway, put it that way. Plus, you've got to the service, which is another miracle. Give yourself a pat on the back. Hallelujah. You know, um, having preached a lot over the years, we pastored in Botswana in particular, um, the services which were sometimes the hardest to preach at were Christmas and Easter because you're kind of blocked into a subject. And instead of going all over the place and just trusting the Lord for a word here and there and, or being part of a series or whatever, you know, Christmas Day and Easter are sometimes not the most favorite time for a preacher or a pastor. But, hallelujah, but from the moment that Brad said, oh, would you preach? He didn't say the other things that he's tired of preaching on a Christmas Day and things like that. But I just thought, the thought came to my brain pretty well straight away, Emmanuel, God with us. And I've been playing around with the thought of that theme and some other thoughts. So I'm just going to weave a few things in. I'm not going to take too long um, because some of you have got roast whatever in the oven. And um, it's Christmas Day, isn't it? It's family day. So... Praise God. It's exciting. So um, I'm taking this from Matthew in chapter 1, verse 18. I'm going to read a fair bit of scripture, which is self-descriptive this morning, and then make a few comments here and there. But there is somewhere where I want to go. I just felt the Lord in the last day or so has just challenged me on it personally. And even this morning, guess what? I woke up at 4 o'clock. But it's been good. So it's just been nice just to walk around the lake this morning before the sun got up and... Yeah, hallelujah. I haven't seen it yet myself. She wants to know what's in my stocking. I, I, no, I didn't go, no, no, I don't, no, I don't do that anymore. She wants to know if I went to my stocking and had a little look first. I might have when I was a little boy, but a bit different now. I'm looking forward to the grandies coming later, for them looking in their stockings. That's the exciting part. So Matthew chapter 1, speaking about the birth of Jesus from verse 18, I'm just going to read a section here which leads into this thought of Emmanuel, which means God with us, and that's in verse 23. So this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Maybe I could just go into that a little bit. It's in Luke, you'll find that a little bit more expanded about how the angel came to her and um, shared with her that she is to be, or she's going to have a baby born of the Holy Spirit. And she was very upright and honest in it. She mightn't have been, sorry, I don't want to embarrass you, Annabelle, but she probably wasn't much older than you. She's very young and just, but, but probably very upright in heart, probably pure, probably unknown, not of royal blood in the sense of, of the world's royal blood and so on. But she asked a couple of questions, how can this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel said, no, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and that one which will be born in you will be the Son of God. And she said, let it be unto me as the handmaiden of the Lord or let the will of God be done. And that's, I want to come back to that thought of, of where we're going this morning a little bit later on. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. You can imagine, how, here he is, he's in, uh, engaged to this young lady, and next thing, she's pregnant. <laughs> you know, 
that's a tough one. I mean, I've tried to put myself in his his situation and his mind, what he went through and how he understood it. Now, of course, the angel did speak to him, as we will find out here, um, but that's a huge thing. Did he even understand how the Son of God was to come? I doubt it. Not like that anyway. But after he had considered this, this is um, Joseph, um, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived her is from the Holy Spirit. She'll give birth to a son, and you'll give him the name Jesus, because he'll save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, it was Isaiah actually in chapter 7. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they'll call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Um, that last little bit, which means God with us, is not in the original. Matthew um, brought that as an interpretation from there. Hallelujah. It's a huge, I've often enjoyed or meditated on this many times over the years, that this thought of God with us. It's, it's huge when you think of being a human being and I don't know, it's just what way I was thinking, but just the way I think. That God would want to come and live with me. God would want to house himself in me. God would want to live with me. God would want to dwell with me. Um, and it's a theme right through the scriptures from, I, I guess, from Adam and Eve. Um, but, but throughout, in the Old Testament, we find that God wanted to dwell with the people of Israel as an example of his intent with man. That's why they had that tabernacle and they carried it with them and then put it up and the glory of God would come into it because he wanted to dwell in the midst of his people. God wants to dwell in and with us totally, 100% all the time. Now our brains have trouble handling that. We don't always feel like we're worthy of it or it's even happening at the moment and so on. And, and we see this right through the scriptures in Revelation 21 and verse 3. Actually, if I could just go through there, which speaks of the end, obviously. Revelation 21 verse 3 says, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. This is the end of time. This is at the end, 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 before we go into whatever is happening after that, the new, heaven, the new heavens and the new earth. God's intention always has been and always will be to live in and with his people. Imagine that. The whole of the Godhead wants to live inside you and myself. That blows my mind. Uh, uh, Colossians, if you have time to read it through, in Colossians chapter 1, chapter 2, it speaks of this, that the whole of the Godhead actually wants to dwell in me. I can't even imagine how the God of eternity, the God who created all this world, uh, somehow wants to live inside of me. How does that happen? It, it, my brain cannot even go, well, it tries to go there, but it can't really understand it. I just accept it, and it gets exciting, and then you lose sight of it, and you come back and meditate on it again, that God wants to live in and through us. In this story, he started with a virgin who didn't probably understand all of it, I would imagine. Did she ever understand it? Even when Jesus was on the cross and he died, she didn't understand the completeness of what had happened. Even after, and he rose from the dead and so on, she probably began to understand it more and more. And the Holy Spirit came and, and the church was starting to grow. She probably still stood back and said, God, why did you use me? 
How come you used me? I still don't understand that, how that happened. But she gave God permission to dwell in her. She took that decision that I know this is the right thing. I don't understand it. To grow in her as that little seed who grew and expanded and became that baby nine months later. I mentioned Isaiah chapter 7, but I'll go to Isaiah chapter 9. And that's the one that speaks of, um, behold, here we go. For unto us, or for to, that's the old King James coming out. What happened there? For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. This is some of the expansion of who he was to be, by the way. There's a huge amount in here. Um, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Have you ever tried to mix those four together, those four names? I'll go quickly. It's another sermon, really. He'll be called Wonderful Counselor. Oh, I can get that. All right. Mighty God. Ah, yep, okay. That's all right. Um, sorry, Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father. Hold on. Now the Father's involved. In the Son, somehow. The Prince of Peace. How can Jesus be called the Father? That's what he... What the, this is, this is the, the paradoxes. This, I praise God for the name of this church. There's so many paradoxes, aren't there, that we don't have answers for. We never will. Not properly. Not in these brains, anyway. Well, my brain. You're different. So these things are challenging but beautiful as you try and mix these different things together. The expansion of his kingdom... That the purpose was not just that he become that little Christ child, but there was to be a whole lot more. It might started as a little seed in, in Mary's womb was to grow into something much larger than that. And then it says of the increase of his government or the increase of his governance, his kingdom and the peace and peace, there will be no end. I love meditating on that. Sometimes when you look at the situation around you and you're not, you're not seeing the breakthroughs, you're, you're seeing rubbish going on all around you in society and so on, and you think, Lord, where is this? But there's this promise here. No, no, I am working. There is the increase that's continuing to happen from that day when Mary said yes. There is an increase still happening. It's not going backwards. It may look like it sometimes, but no. There's an increase of his kingdom as we say yes but even if we don't say yes, somebody else will. Hello? Are you that somebody else that says yes? The increase of governance in and through us, the increase of peace, the inner peace, but also the outer peace that we portray, we, t we carry with us, being his kingdom presence. It's a fruit of the kingdom, but one of the main ones. Let's look at this expansion of God with us. So Mary, obviously, God sought out one person to bring about his purpose on earth. He found Mary, the lowly but pure one. And she gave him permission. Actually, we can quickly look at that in Luke chapter 1. Um, it's only Matthew and Luke that really deal with the birth of Jesus. Um, whoops, I'm all over the place here. Here we go. Luke chapter 1. Verses 26 onwards speaks of this. It 
In the sixth month, God sent an angel to, to Nazareth in the town of Galilee to a virgin pledged to be married to, the, to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. I went ahead of myself before, didn't I? But that's okay. You can hear it again. She was greatly troubled. So it's interesting, though, just listening to the way she, she processed this. It wasn't as if she perfectly handled this. She was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary. There must be some aspect of fear in her heart. Hello, can you identify with this? You've found favor with God, and you'll be with child and give birth to a son, and you'll give him the name Jesus. And he'll be great, and he'll be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will never end. There's that thought again of the kingdom not ending, of expanding, of growing, and moving out beyond where it is. So God needed a place, a space to be accepted and received, and he found it in this young lady. They went on to um, from Nazareth down to Bethlehem, of course, and then found that because everybody else was there at that time, in that season, because of the um, census that was being taken, that there was no room for them in the inn. When we bring it into our own lives, is there room in our inn for him? Is there even the stable of our lives, what do you like to call it, our hearts? Even a little corner. When you think of what actually, you know, the nativity scene looks all like light and beautiful and we can't smell the animal smells and they're actually rejected pretty well everywhere they went until they went to the inn and they said, well, the inn owner said, well, there's the stable underneath, there's the the kraal or the, it's where the animals are kept. Just make space in the corner. That's all you've got. And that's where our, our Jesus was born. But he only needs that little crack, that little bit of a yes, that little space to begin. And that's what happened. First of all in Mary. Now when it comes to his birth, he was born in this little place, rejected by the elite, rejected by man, so to speak. But in that place... He was brought forth in a very lowly place. There's no room in the inn. You would think that the royal son of heaven should have been born or accepted in royal surroundings. But he was actually born very lowly. Now, of course, the angels did appear to, to, to some shepherds and so on, and they, began, and they came, and then later on the magi came and brought wealth and, and worship and so on to him, but not immediately. That came later. But there was no room, not even in the inn. But you can have a corner of the little stable downstairs under the inn. And that's all he needs to start with. A little corner, a little space in your heart, a little yes that might be very feeble, but that's all he needs to begin to grow his kingdom 
in your life and in mine. From the lowliest of small permissions, he grows his kingdom from there. The manger kind of, as I said, looks beautiful with lots of light around it and lovely little scenes and so on, but it was probably dark. There wouldn't have been any light unless they had a candle themselves. Um, I don't know if they had to clear all the animal poop out of the way before they could find a corner. I don't really know, but I don't think it was too pretty. So all the thoughts of it being romantic and lovely, I think we need to put it aside. Yes, the angels did come, and they were probably in attendance. I understand that. But there was no place for the God of the universe, the royal one. There was no place for the creator of the earth in man's hearts and lives in that environment. So he's born in a manger, born in a stable, in an animal barn or a kraal. His bed was an animal feed trough. And here's my question again. Is there a place in our hearts for him to be welcomed today? Oh, yes, I know. Probably all of us or most of us are on a journey with him. But I've had to come back to that question myself yesterday and again this morning in particular. Lord, is there some blockages that I've put in place? Is there some things which I'm saying no to? Is there, is there some way in which I'm refusing you? Is there a place in our hearts for him to be welcome, for him to reside, for him to grow, for him to base himself in and through us, for him to have all? We may have given him a corner of our heart, the manger of our heart, but can he have all? Can he be welcomed in the inn? of our hearts is their room. See, because I was going to call this sermon um, No Room in the Inn, but I had to come back to that first let God with us, which again in Colossians speaks of the hope of glory, Christ in us, the hope of glory. I don't want to make this all heavy today, but I just really want to encourage you in your journey, wherever you may be, with Christ you may be in a situation which is pretty tough at the moment and, you know, it's very easy to accuse God of the situation that we're in. And I just want you just to, I just want to challenge you, even if it's difficult and hard, just open that little corner of your heart. Of course, he wants more than that and he will, he will get the whole heart. But give him one little place, one little space, one little place to get into and his kingdom will expand in and through you and into many other places around and beyond you and I want to encourage you with that this morning with this Christ child hallelujah just pray shall we this morning thank you Jesus Lord, I just don't want this to be heavy this morning. I want this to be light. But it's also serious at the same time. Lord, is there areas where we are blocking you out, where we're not letting you in? Maybe we have started on the journey. We've, we've allowed you into the initial aspects of our heart. Lord, there's more that you want because your kingdom will expand 
and it will continue to expand. And we thank you today, Lord God, that that expansion will go on either with us or without us. But we want to be in the center of your will and your plan for us, Lord God. We want to be where you want us to be. We want to go forward, Lord. We don't want to be dragging our feet all the way through life because you are intentional of bringing us to a place where it's open, where you work in and through our hearts, where we're healed, where we're a different people, whether it's us here, uh, Lord, as part of this local ecclesia, this local church, Lord, or whether it's beyond that, Lord, because you want to use us out there, Lord God. There's so much more that you're going to do. And you are going to dwell amongst your people completely. There is coming a time in eternity, or before eternity, actually, in that sense. Lord, there is a time when you will dwell with your people because that's what you're intending to do. And we want to comply with that. We want to say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Have your way. Have your way in my heart today. Let the Christ child become that amazing Savior, that amazing King of the universe, that counselor, that a mighty Father, the Prince of Peace. Peace only comes when we allow you to dwell fully in our hearts, Lord. We can't just have peace without you. It's not going to happen. But you, Lord, you freely give us peace. The turmoil, the chaos you are dealing with bit by bit and you want to deal with it and you will deal with it. But only as we let you into those areas that are hurting perhaps, areas that we've closed off. But Lord, we open the door of the crowd, so to speak, of the stable today and we allow you to come in. Have your way, Lord. Birth yourself in us again and again. Grow more and more within us, Lord God. Take over completely and rule and reign in our hearts and lives, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you today. We bless you today. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen and amen.